The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Welcome to the hardware edition of the AV Podcast. In this episode, we have the latest AV news. Jason talks about ergonomics of technology, and we talk home theatre PCs with Phil Hale from UVM. This week's Audio Visual News. CES has been and gone, and to everyone's surprise, there was very little in the way of groundbreaking news or products. 2007's trade show has ended telling everyone in the industry, OK, that's it, move along, there's nothing to see here. In terms of new TV technology, there were a few announcements here and there regarding new 1080p screens, but sadly no offerings from the SED camp. In fact, SED technology, touted as being better than plasma, suffered a major blow during the week of CES as one of its major partners, Toshiba, has sold their cut in the business to Canon, meaning the company will now have to go it alone if it's to release SED screens for the home. With Toshiba's exit, it looks like SED may never reach the living room. Talking TV manufacturers, the usual suspects all announced new flat panel TVs with Panasonic's 42-inch 1080p model drawing attention on the opening day. There's no firm news of a UK launch, but the set should be available in the US later this year. Pioneer, the other big manufacturer producing plasmas to the exclusion of LCD, displayed its US-destined Elite series of screens, but oddly enough, not the new models due this year. The pictures from these TVs certainly impressed those who took the time to scrutinise them. As expected, the biggest news in the world of flat panel technology was left for the ever-developing LCD technology, with larger screen sizes than we've experienced before. Several manufacturers displayed screens reaching 100 inches or more, all sporting 1080p native panels. The biggest on show was from Sharp, who displayed their 108-inch monster to the public for the first time. Something to consider when purchasing this TV is that it won't fit through the doors of many UK and US homes. Samsung unveiled its new range of plasma and LCD screens during the show, all with extremely cool designs. These models all boasted new picture correcting tools such as FilterBright 2, which promises improved contrast and picture quality whilst removing any glare in brightly lit rooms. Connectivity saw models sporting two or more HDMI connections. The plasma screens come in new 54, 64 and 84 inches and include the company's first native 1080p design. The good old buzzword 1080p appeared on every TV manufacturer stand this year, with all the major CE companies releasing new models boasting full native panels at even more competitive price points. 2007 looks like being another 1080 year. So what about the major HD disc battle? Did we see any indication of a winner? Well, no would be the short answer. In fact, both camps made the usual posturing, claiming that they had the lead, but as usual, it was hard to get through the PR to find the true stories. It did seem that Meridian was caught on the hop when their press release, which was signed off by the company, announced they were to develop their own high-end HD DVD machines. Obviously, some politics ensued as Meridian is supposed to be a Blu-ray supporter. 
After much embarrassment and a few phone calls, the company released a more modest press release. They were just helping Microsoft with some design work. So, reading between the lines, expect to see a high-end machine for Meridian sometime this year. Last week we announced the leading stories from the HD camps and expected to see even more details within the week on those announcements, such as Toshiba's new HD DVD player and the LG Combi. However, it looks like all that needed to be said about these machines was done so before CES. Both these units will be available in the US market soon, so we'll just have to sit back and wait to play with them ourselves before passing judgement. Before we leave the CES stories and HD discs in particular, one thing became very obvious to us during all the usual announcements. HD DVD didn't have too many major disc releases slated for the start of the new year. However, they still boast the largest catalogue so far. More worrying would seem to be the lack of second-generation hardware announcements from the Blu-ray camp. Short Warner is increasing their disc releases along with Fox. Although the standard of titles are hardly inspiring. Alien vs Predator. Hmm. But genuine cost-cutting second-gen machines were scarce, to say the least. This, along with the PS3 and its lacklustre launch in the US, doesn't look very promising for those expected price cuts this year. And as the show closed, Sony also made it known that Blu-ray will not feature any adult material. It would appear that adult producers are not allowed to access the Blu-ray authoring tools to make their products available on the format. In contrast, with HD DVD's easy encoding and manufacture process, it's not a major problem for that format. Many will probably wonder what effect this will have on Blu-ray. Well, just look at the VHS vs Betamax war. More adult materials available on VHS and it won the day. So has Sony's apparent moral stance just consigned Blu-ray to defeat? I guess all will be revealed when the clothes come off. So with CES out of the way, how about some exclusive news regarding Genelec loudspeakers? We have it on good authority that the leading active speaker manufacturer is expanding its sales channels in Europe by employing the services of T&W Marketing to handle its European sales in the custom install market. Genelec products are used in many of the world's top recording studios and dubbing theatres and offer professional products for the home theatre market. Models range from the normal monitor speakers to in-wall and in-ceiling designs to satisfy the most demanding home enthusiast system, giving the very best sound quality to the end-home user. Although Genelec may not be an instantly recognisable name to some, their active design speakers are regarded by many in the industry to be the benchmark for multi-channel sound. This partnership will allow Genelec to continue its R&D and production operations, whilst T&W Marketing will handle European sales and dealer networks to further develop Genelec's dedicated consumer market products. Neil Davidson from T&W Marketing explains the new partnership. The European customer install market is rapidly growing and gaining in importance. Customers are now starting to really appreciate high-end home cinema and the amazing performance that can be achieved. We believe that to achieve this level of performance you really need two things. One, you need to use the best products that are available. And two, for those products to be installed by the best people available. Genelec is a good example of this because for many years they have been the reference professional speaker and they're now introducing a dedicated custom install range that will only be carried by the finest custom installers and specialist AV resellers who can offer a dedicated design and calibration service to the customer. And finally this week, what about owning a 120-inch iPod? Well, that would be impractical, as it wouldn't fit in your pocket. But ViewSonic have come up with the nifty iPod projector, 
so you can watch all your iPod video footage on a large screen. The projector boasts a contrast ratio of 2000 to 1, a relatively meagre 1024 by 768 resolution, as well as 2000 lumens brightness. You can connect your iPod directly into the projector dock so it charges whilst you watch your video material, and there are connections to add a games console and a DVD player as well. To be honest, there are far better and cheaper projectors out there that will show you your poorly encoded iPod videos just as well as this model, but then again, they don't have the snazzy iPod dock. Next week's podcast will be our first look ahead to Bristol Sound and Vision 2007. We hope to have as many manufacturers as possible over the next few weeks on the podcast to give us an insight on what we'll be seeing at the show. If you are a manufacturer yet to contact us, then please email news at avforums.com and we'll call you back for a podcast chat. Remember, the AV Forums and AV Podcast will be at the show and we'll bring you the biggest news from this year's event first. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to avforums.com. The highest definition. Definition. This is the AV Podcast. Each week I talk a little bit about the world of gadgets from my side of the fence. As many of you who watch my show, The Gadget Show, on Channel 5 will know, we're not currently recording it. We're about to start uh, Series 6 in a few weeks. And so I've been taking time out from the world of technology. Um, Having said that, the announcement of the iPhone didn't escape my attention. Uh, And I must have done, I think, four radio shows in the last few days with uh, presenters keen to uh, understand what the iPhone is and to put it in a kind of context. I do think it's particularly significant. And one of the reasons that I'm excited about it is that ergonomics and design is is an area of gadgetry that I I, I think I'm most interested in. It's certainly uh, the first thing I talk about or the first thing I think about when I'm asked to um, give my opinion on a piece of technology. You know, how does it feel in the hand? How's the user interface? Um... And while I haven't had hands-on, because um, wisely or, or not, I decided to give CES this year a miss, a few trusted sources and friends in the industry who have had, had the phone in their hands uh, have reassured me that uh, it feels as good as it looks. And I think this really is a crowning point, and certainly something um, that I think we're going to see more of in 2007 and possibly 2008. And that's uh, almost a return to core values, a return to... Um, the user, the interface, a, a more kind of user-centered experience. I mean, I really think there is a wider cultural argument for this. I think in general, uh, as consumers, we're treated like dirt. Um, and I, I, I kind of feel um, a sea change in that area. I think um, several corporations have been talking in various um, periodicals and newspapers uh, about a return to the kind of 80s notion of uh, the customer always being right. As far as I'm concerned, for the last 10 years, I as a customer have clearly been treated as if I'm wrong. And along with that, uh, from a technological point of view, comes uh, a new look at the interface, how the technology feels in the hand, how easy the process is, how intuitive it is. So I guess what I'm saying is that the iPhone isn't just a gorgeous bit of kit that I would imagine most people that listen to this podcast would like to get their hands on. But it's also an emblem for, hopefully, um, a new age of technology. Um, Technology that's as easy to use as it is clever. Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. The AV Podcast Interview of the Week with Phil Hinton. 
The world of the home theatre PC can be a complicated one for a novice or for those who are not overly adept with computer technology. Well, to give us a history of home theatre PCs and to discuss what's available these days is Phil Hill from UVM. I started by asking Phil to describe the history of the home theatre PC. Okay, I mean, um, yes, um, hi there. Um, I mean, home theatre PCs is a a really um, a, a label that that has um, been put on a, a you know a really a, a computer, um, a PC that's been um, optimized for um, you know video, music, um, playback, um, and you know it's one of the reasons it, it became a, a an early concept or an early popular concept is the when um, the DVD first um, arrived. Um, going back probably about 10 years now in that um, it was one of the most cost-effective ways of playing a a DVD um, and in turn region-free DVD playback was to use a PC as your player. Um, That that then sort of led to a need to try and get your PC hooked up to your TV um, then ultimately get it in the room with your your hi-fi equipment and so better looking PCs evolved uh, quieter PCs, ones with better audio capability, and and it sort of it sort of snowballed from there really, such that the the concept has moved on significantly with the you know the the, the likes of Microsoft's Media Center front end, um, Apple too have, have seen the, the the market and the potential for for bringing PCs and all their all their technology into living rooms, um, and making it easy to use. So it's really a, a PC that that's just geared to um, uh, home entertainment, you know, and that could be music, film, um, photographs, home videos, um, gaming. The list is endless, really, and uh, you know, it's always quite quite nice to see clients with systems doing all, all manner of things, um, or they could just restrict it to to doing something. That, that none of their other equipment is currently doing and it could just be um, they're using it for, for, for TV archiving and recording. Um, we've seen um, you know the hardware improve over the, the years um, become um, better performing, better value and, and do some of the things that you couldn't traditionally do with um, you know standalone products. So it's, it's been attractive to a lot of people that a lot of people that like to um, consolidate a whole number of boxes in one location uh, to those that um, like the the flexibility and the upgrade potential to to make changes to add add things as new technologies arrive um, without completely junking the you know the whole thing so I mean I've grown up in an era where we've got separates and now I've got piles of separates from CD players to mini disc to VHS to I mean, the list is endless. Laser disc, and it's sadly I, I can't bring myself to get rid of a lot of these things. They're gathering dust up in an attic, and uh, and so I'm certainly a, a big fan of you know a modular approach where you can make changes as new technologies arrive. So, Phil, what's the benefits of of using a home theatre PC, and are there any disadvantages to using one? Um, in terms of benefits, I mean that can be manyfold, um, from consolidating, you know, aesthetically. So instead of having a pile of um, separate units to having just one unit doing doing that. Um, the, the the modular approach of being able to make changes, 
be um, you know, in some cases it's it's cutting edge technology that, that can be done achieved on the PC before anything else um, to doing things that you can't do in any other way I mean we're seeing things like streaming services um, you know from you know video on demand for uh, channel 4 I've got this video on demand um, product recently launched Sky have got something to allow you know viewing their program and content Telewest, the cable operator in my area, um, to you know niche sporting services available from you know outside the UK. I've got a customer who's very much into Major League Baseball, and uh, and and they're a, a big sort of um, leader in streaming services. And there's, there's no other way of delivering that content into your living room onto a onto a big screen or or TV that, without using a PC. So that's certainly been a, you know, one of one of some of the many strengths, weaknesses. You could argue that putting all your eggs in one basket can lead to problems if, if you're trying to do multiple things at once, or if suddenly you've got conflicts on, you know, some family members want to do one thing while you're doing something else. Um, the user interface has a, has always been a, um, a challenge to make it as simple as possible. But but you're trying to wrestle the the wide ranging of functionality with something that's easy to use and we, we've seen that in other aspects of the, you know, with remote controls I mean the, the number of remote controls that you can acquire in a typical household you then try and consolidate that into one usable control and that can sometimes be a challenge so that's probably the the, the, the one that's often raised or often leveled at the, the computer is the, the, the usability but um, that you know that continues to get easier um, with you know new advances in the software and also just the way the technology is moving. So, I mean, one thing that always put me off um, home theatre PCs was that I'm, I'm not very computer literate, really. Putting one of these boxes together, I mean, is it easier nowadays with, with the products available and the software available? Can yeah. anybody pick them up and, and get a unit running? Well, very, very much so. I mean, you've got obviously t t tailor-made and off-the-shelf solutions at all levels, from you know the, the, the mass market, you know, retailers to more bespoke solution providers like ourselves, um, and to the the, the DIY um, side of things. And it is fairly straightforward. There's a wealth of information um, out there, advice and guidance and, and tips and you know, you know, an, an awful lot of it is, is carried on, on on sites like the AV forums, where there's a very active community of of, of enthusiasts that, that like to share their experiences and, and help others. You know, and uh, you know, I benefit like many from the use of from experience of others. So no, it's never been easier. Um, but but you know, it's not for everybody, and and there are those that just like to have something that gets them a helping hand and. Um, you know the, the hardware selection can sometimes be a bit of a minefield. There are so many choices out there, um, from graphics cards to sound cards to motherboards to. But it's, uh, there are there are some um, um, useful sort of you know steps to sort of make sure you're not picking the wrong thing. Um, but no, it, I think it's 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 getting a lot easier um, as the technology has improved and the the software. Has significantly improved. We're about to see, you know, the Vista, Microsoft's new um, operating system, and um, two of the sort of flavors of that are very much media center centric, um, which is a recognition, I think, that this is here to stay, 
um, and that will be available for, for self-builders as well as you know off-the-shelf solutions. You have your own company. This is your speciality. Your company is UVM. So can you give us a little bit of history about UVM and um, what it is that you do? Yeah, of course. I, I, this was something that I, I started off as a just a, an interest um, as in spare time, um, very much fueled by wanting to sort of you know um, experiment with DVD when it was first launched. Uh, I was a, a big fan of Laserdisc. You know, for some that will remember that 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 old format. Um, DVD came along promising much, but was expensive to start off with. So wanted to to try out, and you know, using a PC became the, the you know the most cost-effective way to start that, um, and so and a few friends of mine had followed the similar path, and um, when an opportunity uh, arose almost five years ago now to 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 try something out on my own, um, I, I looked at what was currently being done, and it seemed that this was something I felt was going to come along in a big way in the coming years, um, and thought, well, let, let's see what's being done out there, and 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 seeing what I can do to to try and meet the needs not just of myself and my you know some close friends um, but also other like-minded you know individuals that, that that you know wanted to to sort of have something to get them up and running and uh, uh, and that's what's really started um, um, uh, the first few customers came about um, quickly recognized that this was something that I could probably put a lot of energy into, always fancied working for myself. Um, and then anybody that's sort of has gone off and done something on their own uh, quickly discovers it becomes a 24-7 occupation and you need to be passionate about it and you need to have an interest in that. Uh, and I'm very much, you know, um, excited by, continue to be excited by new developments, the new technologies, the never-ending um, advances in performance and being able to do things that you couldn't do three or four years ago. So that's very much how, how it started. Um, it's sort of taken a life of its own really. Um, uh, milestones probably after the first year when the first sort of retailer I appointed because the volume of, of, of orders, um, you know, I like to, to, to be able to do most things myself but it became almost impossible to do you know, the, the R&D, the building, and the, the selling and the demonstration and so forth. So we, we start. We appointed our, our first dealers. That then became two, and then to four, and then we started doing the shows where we got a lot more exposure. Um, and that's sort of seen us through to almost two years ago. We appointed a distributor to help us, you know, further consolidate exposure in parts of the country that were we were a bit light, particularly up in Scotland, the southwest. Um, and that sort of continues to grow, and it, it's it's quite remarkable, really, how it, it it's gone in the last sort of. Well, I say it'll be five years in April, um, and shows no sign of slowing, particularly with you know the the new technologies that are coming along and the popularity and you know market awareness. I, I don't feel as though I'm a a lone voice, you know, trying to to get the, the concept across anymore. It, it's very much here from a whole lot of areas and uh, it's nice and reassuring when, when dealers and customers come to us finding us through all manner of reasons from being going to shows to magazine exposure to the forum chatter to well it's, it's just always always amazes me how, how things come along so it's 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 going well it's, um, and yeah I continue to be excited by what what's coming along in the future and um, and who knows really what we'll be doing in, in the years to come.
So can you tell us a little bit about your products? What is it that you offer the customer that comes along and says, Phil, I want a, an HTPC? Well, it's, it's very much focused on, on, the, on the bespoke solution. Um, I've never been a, a, a big fan of off-the-shelf, um, one-size-fits-all products. They have a part to play, and, and, and clearly uh, you know, are attractive. I've, I've bought products like that in the past, but I, I can't compete with that mass-market offering. So I, I've really positioned um, the, the company and our products at, at, at a niche where those that want to perhaps have a part in designing their system have particular needs um, wanting to do certain things that, that are out, perhaps out of the ordinary or are looking for something uh, with a, a much higher build quality we, we pride ourselves in the, not just the mechanics, the aesthetics, the, the component selection almost on a no compromise level um, and you know, I, I get great satisfaction from building systems, designing systems um, that, that meet you know, exacting needs from a client uh, and so they're not getting anything that they don't need. Um, they're able to sort of channel their, you know, their resources into getting exactly what they want, um, and that can change. Um, you know, once the system's embedded, and I can then um, make those changes to to reflect changing needs. Oh, I didn't realise that I'd, I'd need as much storage, or I, I didn't realise that, that I could do the satellite reception, for instance. So we can, how we can add that. So it's. Very much, a, I'd like to sort of feel as though I've got quite a strong relationship with all our clients. Um, that's becoming a little dif more difficult with the, obviously the, the dealer-led sales. Um, but even so, all the dealers know that um, we're there to support not just the design but the subsequent installation and then subsequent, you know, ongoing maintenance and you know the lead up to Christmas just gone. We re revisited quite a number of systems that had been out in the field one, two, three, even four years old and made changes to update them and refresh them and to, to add new capability or simply to, to sort of do some general housekeeping and that's very much part of the service that I always wanted to do, to offer and uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to do that and I think that's been very much welcomed and valued by an awful lot of the customers that we've, we've grown over the years. I take it it's not just a case of turning up asking you to, to build a home theatre PC and then that's it, you're there after sales all the way through the, the life of that product, is that very, right? Very, very much so and and as I said I, I come from a service background in from telecommunications in, in service delivery and I always knew what I wanted to 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 get as a as a customer and try and deliver that, and um, and that's something that you know a lot of people can can uh, can promise, but it's obviously it's only when you get the opportunity to, to sort of step up to that mark and deliver that, and that could be six months down the line, it could be four years down the line. I mean, it's uh, it's really nice to get calls out of the blue sometimes from customers, you know, that are perhaps the other side of the world now. And that have you know got some questions or got a problem, and and I think I've I try whatever possible to 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 answer and resolve those problems, and that may involve a quick phone call. It might involve actually coming out and visiting clients. Um, you know, there's always an opportunity there to 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 sort of you know, you know update them on changes and, and make some to you know um, uh, highlight new things that have come along that they may not be aware of, and and so very much so, and that's been a strong message through the dealer channel who you know for some let's face it have been a bit skeptical and and have been a bit reluctant to embrace this this you know perhaps 
um, you know, challenging technology they perceive. Um, but I've been there to sort of say to reassure them that you know we're there to help and uh, and you know give them the reassurance that you know if there are problems they're not left on their own and uh, and ensure that you know that their experience of, of, of embracing this technology is, is a good one. So it's been very much what we're all about. All about. So what kind of things do your customers ask for? I mean, what's what's the the normal average spec and what's the most unusual thing you've ever had to do? Um, I mean, uh, you know, generally customers want everything, and it's always about sort of setting expectations on the certain things that you you can't do, um, and that's always difficult. But you can always then sort of set well, there's certain things that you can do, or things that you perhaps I hadn't realised. A lot of it involves systems for for, for music playback, um, high quality video playback of of DVDs predominantly. Um, systems tend to have a lot of storage. People's personal collections are, are growing, with the, the, and um, and so storage of, has never been more affordable and and uh, more accessible. Um, that's you know probably the the most common setup. Freeview recording, time shifting is something that not all customers realise they can do. Um, a lot of clients have, are used to Sky and Sky Plus, and and just don't realise that you've got that similar functionality capability on a PC and so that's something we tend to introduce people to and you know and some take us up on that some some choose not to uh, so yeah a, a typical system will have anything up to 2000 gig of storage um, uh, that kind of storage obviously allows you to store you know music films you know an awful lot of photos but you that you'd be surprised at what size of collections people actually do have nowadays uh, or many hundreds of hours of TV, time shifting lots, lots of TV. Um, occasionally, I get asked for, to build systems with satellite receivers. The, the BBC HD feed is, is available free to air at the moment. We're not sure how long that's going to last, but but while we can pick it up in a, a system, that's a, a you know a, a nice thing to to add to to the mix. Um, occasionally get asked to build games machines, they're always fun to build because they tend to be cutting edge graphics and processing power, so the real power uh, end of the spectrum, um, you know, probably overkill for, for music and video playback, although high definition is, is sort of raising the performance needs um, in order to decode the, the, the MPEG-4 H.264 uh, and the, the, the VC1 codecs that are now being used. Um, that's probably, I, I, as I said, the games machines are probably the most unusual ones. Um, clients tend to have particular, you know, requirements for graphics cards or peripherals. Um, some of the other systems that, that we get to build are some of the big servers for, for some of the bigger, larger custom install projects where um, customers are looking for um, disk protected storage. Uh, RAID 5, we build those in big servers, anything up to 11 terabytes. Um, these are designed to sort of go in basements or attics or where they can be actively cooled but, but um, you know, aren't necessarily going to be on site. Those are, I, like, I like to I look forward to building those, those are, those are good fun. Um, and setting up multiple units, you know, where we're, we're doing installations where we've got you know, countless units dotted around the house. Um, all providing access to the sort of centrally stored content. So th those are the some of the more unusual projects that we get we get to do. 
home networking is certainly something which is gathering pace. I mean, convergence of, of all types of technologies is really happening now. And it looks like it's going to all, one, one of the channels is going to be through home theatre PCs. So what can you offer a client that's looking for um, home networking? And how easy is it to set up a home network these days? It, it's, it's getting a lot easier. I mean, there, there is sadly a lot of um, confusion with regards to, to some of the aspects of networking not helped by the manufacturers constant pushing the technology boundaries so wireless can get a bit confusing but but the products are relatively easy to set up nowadays I think the manufacturers have striven to strive to, to make things a, a bit easier than, than they have been in the past um, you, you're, you're right I mean the, the connected home message was one of the big themes from for CES this year um, both from Apple and from Microsoft, uh, and we're going to see, you know, increasingly numbers of products that 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 sort of plug into that concept, you know, and also a lot of the traditional hi-fi manufacturers um, are, are beginning to add networking capability to their products, and then the, the concept of moving the data around from room to room, where you then have local players whether they're music-only players or whether they're combined music and video. Um, so that's definitely a, a, a growing area. And then, then in terms of you know, storage, then we're seeing network-attached storage products, that are simple plug-in devices that appear on a network um, that you can then dump your photos and your music and your videos on. Uh, or you can... Um, put the storage inside a unit or share the storage around units so uh, it, it's definitely a, a growing area and the, the implementation of that can get complicated in, in some cases and which is probably where talking to a, a you know a custom installer or or a, a, a dealer that's got experience in setting up some of the more complicated you know multi-room setups but but simple networking you know where you've got a a central storage unit, maybe a PC in the living room with all your music and photos on, and then a slave unit in a, a kid's bedroom or a family room, um, and that can be networked. Um, we always favour and recommend wired networking. Wireless networking has a part to play, and yes, the, the speeds are, you know, show no sign of slowing down um, or, and getting faster and faster. But uh, and for music distribution, then wireless is. is is pretty pretty much okay, but video distribution is still very much best done on on wired networking, and we always recommend customers, um, you know, and people that are doing it themselves, you know, somehow find a way to get the, the network cable, Cat5 cable, from from room to room, uh, rather than just rely whole wholly on on wireless. But um, the the, the 802.11n, the the new um, version of 802.11 Wi-Fi is is certainly showing you know the capabilities of, of doing video distribution, but it's it's and uh, no doubt we'll see faster um, implementations you know in in the coming months and years that will you know, go some way to replacing wires. But, but at the moment, if you can get the wire in, then we always recommend doing that. So let's move on to high definition. The big buzzword for the last year and and obviously for the years to come it is 1080p and you know, high definition, HD, DVD, Blu-ray, all that kind of thing. So how are we going to implement that into home theatre PCs then? Um, well, very much, uh, it's certainly something we're, we're actively working on at the moment. There's, as you say, there's a lot of a lot of interest fueled by the display displays, both flat panel and projectors that, that quickly 
evolved or to to HD capability. Um, you know, before really any meaningful content arrived, but that's we saw a change the summer last year with the the, the first broadcasts from Sky um, and the, the BBC really providing what we've all been waiting for is is some some, some content to to play on, you know, to show off on our displays. Um, both that the, the industry have looked at a successor to DVD in the normal. Sort of life cycle of things, you know. Every five, ten years, something new comes along to to to, to re-energize the the industry and 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 look at reselling the old back catalogue. And a successor to DVD was inevitable. It's unfortunate that we're we're seeing two formats. I, I guess it was inevitable given that the the the, the, the business, the the money's at at at, at stake, um, and that you know we're we're seeing a, you know an often compared rerun of two formats fighting it out that's sadly leading to, to to products that are coming to market probably a bit too soon inevitable customer um, fence sitting you know, whilst we see which one will 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 come through um, there is even talk that neither will come through that will quickly move to online distribution and or flash memory products um, it's it's probably a bit too early to say but uh, Certainly, um, that the the PC um, is going to play a, a a big part with both technologies. Both technology have PC backers. Um, Microsoft have, have, have sort of associated themselves with the HD DVD um, group. Um, Sony are one of the big players, obviously with Blu-ray and 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 um, Pioneer. All all have um, optical drives that are available today for for PC use. The typical first generation or second generation products they're, they're a bit expensive at the moment. The performance is um, it will inevitably improve, and they're they're they're, they're not the most uh, attractive propositions at the moment. Um, HD DVD is a an optical drive. Um, we've yet to actually see that available, although um, quite interestingly, we're we're seeing it available in the in the guise of a, an Xbox 360 HD DVD add-on, which rather helpfully comes with a, a USB interface and uh, Microsoft have seen the um, fit to, to make that compliant with um, um, not just Windows XP but also obviously with Vista coming along I also understand it'll plug into a Mac as well which is which is quite exciting so that's certainly a, a quite a an affordable way of, of, of testing or, or looking at HD DVD at the moment Blu-ray as I say is still quite an expensive proposition but We'll inevitably see third and fourth generation, and and even combined units um, come at some point. LG, um, rather uh, interestingly, made announcements at CES, the big show in Vegas uh, last week, that uh, they got a, a, a combo product um, in the pipeline. That's clearly going to be attractive to, to to end users. Just as the the DVD writer walls sort of disappeared, once we started seeing combined products that did the the minus R. Plus R and obviously then the RAM formats, um, um, but um, but yes, with regards to HD DVD and Blu-ray playback, then it, it's we we get to see as to what what which one will win through. I, I have my own sort of, sort of opinions on what I think will happen, um, um, but we we shall have to sort of see really what uh, what products are come to market and and and, and the pricing. I think will will certainly will drive that um, in, in a lot of consumers' minds. 
But I guess the the big advantage with having a, a home theatre PC is that once you get product at affordable prices and um, HDCP compatible um, video cards and so on, it's very very easy then to upgrade your system, isn't it? Absolutely, and um, that that's very much you know a key attraction to to the modular approach that that you know then we're seeing that you know not just the optical drive but also the the graphics cards that that have the HDCP encoders on them to 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 provide the the, the copy protected digital output that the industry wants us to to use. Um, so that's very much a part. We're beginning to see the software players from the from the big companies, Power DVD, Win DVD, and no doubt others will follow. Um, and, and yes, it's very much going to be a something that consumers can can try themselves or or look to specialists to to help them make the right choices there there are um some hurdles some some pitfalls with some of the cards that we see at the moment which we we're, we're working with the software providers to sort of iron out these what are essentially just sort of early day issues uh, which i'm sure will 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 mature as we get to see the you know better penetration of 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 systems um the feedback will drive resol resolving some of the bugs in the early software players the the issues with HDCP compliance, I'm sure, will get resolved, and and so in six months, a year's time, you know, it will will, will be a a very viable and an attractive sort of upgrade proposition for all customers of, of you know of all systems. So, Phil, just to round up, where does uh, the future lie for UVM? Then, what's your plans for the next uh, five years? That's a good question. Um, I don't really know. I guess I'm, I'm very much driven by. That the technology, as we as it evolves, um, we strive to stay one step ahead of 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 of, the, of everybody. Um, involve ourselves with the, the the new technologies. Try and answer some of the questions that that end users, not just our own customers, but but interested people have to 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 doing some of these things. Um, no doubt we'll see the connected home theme evolve. Um, newer things come along that that might take us in a slightly different direction. Um, whole home integration, security, um, some of the networking issues. Um, who really knows? Really, it it always surprises me um, uh, that 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 new things can come along that were unexpected um, a few years ago. Uh, no doubt that the the high definition front will will continue to drive. Um, you know the the systems, um, but you know we're almost trying to think of what what will be the successor in five years, ten years time that's going to come along. One thing's for sure that that, that it's it's not going to go away. The market is just going to continue to grow. There's a new generation of customers coming through who expect um, you know devices to be connected to the internet to each other, um, and will frankly turn away from products that, that don't offer that kind of interoperability and, and, and functionality and that's you know quite exciting to, to see the you know the next generation of customers coming along and uh, you know sometimes I, I feel a bit old myself um, not doing some of the things that you know I, I feel as I should be doing but um, it, it's it's exciting and uh, and, yeah, and for me personally that, that's what's driving my enthusiasm and uh, and that can be a bit infectious, and some of the people I talk to, and uh, I like to sort of spread the word about what we're doing, and um, and whether clients come to us or go to others or or do it themselves, it's 
it's all fine for me. It's um, you know the, 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 all, the market is just getting bigger and bigger. It's, it's exciting stuff. Phil, thank you very much for taking the time to join us on the AV podcast today. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Join the discussion at Europe's largest home cinema website. Log in to avforums.com. And that wraps up the hardware podcast for this week. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV Podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content including sound clips and music is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.